You're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with host Jennifer Mattern, helping serious freelancers, bloggers, and indie authors go pro. Hello and welcome. This is Jen Mattern, your host of the All Indie Writers Podcast. This is episode number three. You can find show notes for this episode at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash three. Today, I have my first guest co-host joining me. Her name is Princess Jones. You can find out more about her at princessjones.com. She is a fellow freelance writer and indie author and blogger. And today, we're going to talk about the issue of negative book reviews and specifically what happens when authors go on the attack against their reviewers. Hopefully you'll come out of it with some ideas on how to handle things a bit more professionally as an indie author. Welcome, Princess. Feel free to introduce some of your other projects if you'd like. I am happy to be talking to you today. I'm really excited about the topic. PrincessJones.com is my fiction work, and I write fantasy uh, fiction there. You wanted to talk today about the issue of authors going on the attack when they see negative reviews of their work. Yes, um, I, think it's, <laughs> I think it's such a, yeah, it's a, first of all, it's a timely topic. Yes. Um, so the most recent thing that was, that's been going around is the Kathleen Hale story, yeah. you know, how she basically found out reviewers, um, a reviewer's address and went over to their house. And she wrote a story about it for the Guardian saying, <laughs> am I being catfished? Like, like, she was the victim. It was very... Yeah. yeah, it's hilarious that neither she or the Guardian apparently know what being catfished means. Exactly. Um. <laughs> exactly. First of all, that's not even how you use that term. I know. And secondly, you're stalking this woman. That's that's what happened. You stalked this woman. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, it's such a bizarre situation. And, you know, I think one word that's going to continually come up in this conversation is crazy. Because yeah. so much of what happens is completely batshit crazy. Like there's just exactly. Um, but this one takes the cake just because not only, you know, she wasn't caught by anybody else. She exposed her own story, and she knows that what she did was wrong. There are some people out there that really are like, "Go, Kathleen, good job." And I, yeah. I don't know where they're coming from with that. You know, so the thing about writing a book is that although it's your baby, you created it, you nurtured it, you got it out there, yeah. you have now given it to the world. It doesn't belong to you. So my favorite my favorite author is Erin McKinley, and she wrote this book called The Hero and the Crown. It made me want to be a writer. Now, Erin McKinley wrote it, but she can't control how I feel about it and what I do with that. And I think that's the the main I think that's the main problem here is that a, a lot of authors believe that they are entitled to reviews and that what happens in a review is about them. You know, your book is your baby, but eventually, when you let it, you have to let it go. It's going to have its own relationship with each individual reader, and some are not going to work out. And such is life. It's not mm-hmm. that they hate you, even if. You know, they maybe aren't as articulate as you, and they don't know how to phrase a negative review in a way that it is truly about the book. So what? That's their problem. It's not personal. Even if it feels personal, it's not. 
get over it. They don't know you. They can't judge you personally because they don't know you. And if you remember that, it's a lot easier. But you, you have to separate yourself. If you can't separate yourself from your book, how can you expect anybody else to? Absolutely. And I also think that, especially as independent authors, we are a business. This is a yes. business we are running. In fact, this happened to me the other day. I ran into someone who was going to be an independent author, and her audience was her mother and, like, six cousins. Like, that's wow. who she anticipated buying the book. And I said, oh, well, that's not really <laughs> – that's that's more of a family project. And, and yeah. that's fine, but as a business, yeah. you, you're running all, on a entirely different ship. You're providing a product. Feedback is important because it, it can help you make decisions for the future. But I'm sure – Whoever's the head guy at McDonald's never gets upset when I'm like, these fries suck. He's yeah. never like, oh, this is all about me. No, he's like, oh, well, that's one person that doesn't like my fries and, we move, and he moves on. That's, just, that's how I feel we should be as authors. And I think you um, nailed it there, too, because you, you mentioned feedback. And yeah. if you aren't willing to accept feedback, both good and bad, then this is not the business for you. If you can't take criticism, you aren't cut out for this. And that means you either find something else or hold off on publishing your book. You know, work on that. Go launch a blog or something. Trust me, you'll get plenty of criticism for that, too. <laughs> Lots of practice. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, Absolutely. but until you can take that, you know, work with a writing group. Get used to hearing more constructive criticism from people mm-hmm. who care and then slowly broaden your readership. Look, you're going to get people who worship you. You're going to get people who can't stand anything you have to say. And you don't know what their reason is. Maybe your book talks about an affair or something and they were just cheated on by their spouse. You don't know what they're Mm -hmm. bringing to that book. So, you know, they, they could have a reason that's completely justified in their mind for despising your book. And, okay, you know, that's fine. And maybe you didn't think about that. Maybe you didn't think, oh, yeah, this might affect people this way. Well, it's good to know that. Whether you choose to do something mm-hmm. with that feedback or not, it's good to know that. Take it in. And no matter how scathing a review is, there's something you can there's some kind of feedback in there that you can actually pull from it. And you know, I think the key to that is just figuring out a way to take their words and remove mm-hmm. the emotion from it. And just you know, look at what's being said and just strip that emotion away and see are there any actual facts here? And is this something that I should be concerned about? Is this something I can work with? You can always do that. Like you're going to get some people are just dumb little shits who want to sit there and yeah. people off. And you know what? They can do that. And you don't get to stop them from doing that. That really, really, really sucks. Business aspect again. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get reviews that make it clear that someone you didn't write this book for found your book and hated it. Yes. And that's a great way to figure out how you positioned your book so that it made it seem like that's something they wanted to read. And it's obvious that it wasn't like I write fantasy. Um, there is sex in my books, but it's not, it's not a romance. So if someone yeah. came looking for a specific romance and they didn't find it, they're, they're going to be disappointed and they might say something and I'll say, okay, so where, where did I, how did I position this to make it seem like someone looking for a romance was looking for this? You can adjust your marketing plan. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean that's another thing. If someone doesn't like your book, it doesn't mean it's terrible. It just means they didn't like it. Yeah, you know, and this is one of the things too with um, so many subgenre overlaps happening right now. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in romance, how erotic should the book be? Should it have any paranormal mm-hmm. elements? 
you yeah. know, I mean, there's, it's just so crazy how many subgenres you can pick from when you're putting your book on Amazon these days. And keywords. Exactly. And people are finding your book in all sorts of ways that you might not even realize. You know, yeah. somebody's spreading the word because they liked a certain element about your book and they made it sound like the whole book is about that when they referred it to someone else. You don't know every, every way that people are finding your book. And there's mm-hmm. so much overlap these days because we are so free to do whatever we want. You know, you're going to have that where you're going to have people who are just poorly targeted and you can't please anyone or everyone. I mean, <laughs> hopefully you can please someone. Well, sometimes you can't please anyone either. Yeah. You can't please anyone either. And that's okay too. You know, before I started writing under my actual name, I wrote a couple of different things under pen names, just kind of mm-hmm. testing the waters. And I wasn't getting a lot of reviews. And I remember I got a review and it was a negative review. But the first part was, this book was okay, but, and then it had, like, stuff they didn't like. Okay. And why did I focus on the, this book was okay? I was like, oh, look, she thought it was okay. So I yeah. my book was okay. And I, <laughs> I was on cloud nine for, like, days, and people were like, why are you so excited? And I said, well, someone thought my book was okay. And <laughs> it, it really is what you choose to focus on. There are people out there who have no one reading their stuff, no reviews, no feedback, and they're just basically pissing in the wind and hoping something happens. And you know, even if you only have a few readers, that feedback is it's still something. It lets you yeah. think more about your direction moving forward. Now, you know, there's so many parallels between what's going on with authors and negative reviews and what's going on with bloggers right now. And what yeah. you know, you brought up about the poor marketing, a fantastic example. I can't remember what the blog was, but a a former PR colleague passed the story along. And it's a blogger getting super sensitive because, you know, writers of all kinds seem to do that. Mm-hmm. And she had gone to a conference or did some kind of speech or presentation. And she writes a post about adult bullying. And it's like, well, first of all, you know, her idea of bullying is just ridiculous. Um, and it completely demeans victims of real bullying. Yeah, um, everything's not bullying. People just, exactly. just don't like you, and that's okay. That's yeah. not bullying. <laughs> exactly. People can be mean. They can be rude. It does not mean that they're bullying, and there is a distinction that I think we sometimes lose. Mm-hmm. But in this case, she shared some examples of what she considered bullying, um, feedback that people left after the presentation. <laughs> One was, I didn't like her skirt. And it's like, that's bullying? How is that bullying? <laughs> it was a statement of somebody's opinion, for starters. And second of all, did you ever stop to think that maybe there was feedback in there? Was your shirt or was your skirt really loud? Was it way too short and inappropriate mm-hmm. for a professional setting? You know, why? Or maybe you know? this person is just off topic and really obsessed with skirts. And exactly. If it, if it didn't apply to you, but why? It's not bullying. Why you? <laughs> exactly. And there is another example she gave was people say, you know, why does she talk about her husband? You know, we don't want to hear about her husband. It's like, how is that bullying? <laughs> and it's, you know, how again? Are you not pulling feedback from that? People are taking their t- yes, they're taking their time out to go to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And you're yapping about something that they don't give a shit about. You need to know that. (laughs) Exactly. That's excellent feedback and something you should know. You don't have to always act on it, but it's legitimate feedback, not bullying. But, you know, this is the example that you brought to mind. She said somebody left feedback basically saying the whole presentation was about PR, but we're not in PR, we're in marketing or something along those lines. 
And again, how the hell is that bullying? How are you so oversensitive that that Carol, offends you? <laughs> she's that type of person that is used to praise only, is not good. You start to resent any kind of critique. That's just that's not how we live life. People in life, you have to, you, you take good and you bad and you, and you figure out where you land and things. And, you know, somebody was basically telling her, we're not your target audience. Well, then why aren't you thinking, how did you end up here then? What did I do to make you think that this was going to be something of interest to you? And how can I make sure I'm reaching the right people next time? And that's what she should have said or should have done. And no, but no, instead she writes a blog post about being bullied. And this has happened in the freelance writing community too, where people whine about, oh, everybody's so mean to me. And the whole reason they do, they write blog posts about how mean everybody is to them because they want their little minions to rally around them and say, oh, we feel so bad for you. We've all got your back and pitchforks aren't, you know, it's. Exactly. And then and they, let them do the, yeah. they let them do the hard work for them. And that's, you know, yes. we were talking about Emily Giffen. She's, yes. um, she, she had an issue with the review as well. Her husband um, her was replying. <laughs> yeah. And assistant were replying to reviews. And essentially, and then she was posting on Facebook, yeah. um, directing people to it. So that, and then she, she was yeah. saying, hey, go over there and, and, you know, jump on this person. But she yeah. was. <laughs> and another yeah. thing. Now, I'm going to be honest. I read that book that she's talking about. And I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. I liked the, some other words that she's written. But this is also independent writers should also take into mind, this is someone who's traditionally published, who's had a lot of success yeah. when it comes, she's had movies made out of her, she's had a movie made out of her book. Um, she's had a lot of success and she still hasn't learned it yet. It's really, it's not an easy lesson. I'm not saying it's easy to separate yourself emotionally, but no. you know, the good general rule of thumb is if you're angry, don't say anything. Shut the hell up for a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Let that pass because, you know, you'll be able to think more objectively. You might still be angry a little bit later. Give it time or write that scathing, you know, response and send it to yourself. It's okay. I'm not one of these people who's going to tell you never respond, but mm-hmm. I am going to say that nine times out of ten, don't. <laughs> just because yeah, yeah. it's unlikely that you are that one writer who knows how to handle the situation. You can't logic someone into feeling differently. The only no. time I, I would recommend the response is if it's something technical, like they, yeah. they had an issue opening the book or they were under the impression that it was this, yeah. um, it was supposed to be this. And they, they're some, like, that's something that's a customer service issue. I can yeah. help you. Let me get you another copy. Exactly. I saw your review and I'm, I'm I apologize for that. Can I? There's something I can do to make like that's a that's a business thing. That's not a a feelings thing. In fact, exactly. you know I was on I'm on Goodreads and I re I I definitely review a lot of stuff and I reviewed a book that was super short and I knew it was super short and because I intended to read something for an hour mm-hmm. and I mentioned that in my review and it wasn't the author but someone associated with the author replied to my review. <laughs> And said, I don't know if you know this, but this is supposed to be short. This is the um here I'm gonna they copied and pasted something from the the um <laughs> the copy of the book and and I was just thinking, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is not oh, this is 
this this book has like a million five star reviews. It's not necessary. Like this is only going to bring the wrong type of attention to yeah. the whole situation. Exactly. In fact, I just think it's best to ignore things that you don't want to bring attention to. And so many of these negative reviews, they would have had little to no effect. They would have just faded off into obscurity had the authors not completely lost their minds and attacked the reviewers. You, You can't live in this little isolated bubble. You need to make sure that the people who are close to you And the people who are working with you aren't going to do something stupid in your name and hurt your reputation. You don't need them to fight your battles, and they need to know that. Unless it's someone you're paying to fight your battles because you know that you'd rather not deal with it. If you have a publicist or a marketer, they know how to handle it. (laughs) Well, I hope they know how to handle it. husbands, children, no. More shocking is her assistant got involved, and that's a professional relationship where she should have known better. Where she pays her. Yes. So this is her boss that she's doing this for. And if she didn't know or if she knew or didn't know that she shouldn't be doing that, I I probably I, I probably would let her go. I just couldn't Yeah. yeah. it's one of those things that it's a big mistake. And I'm not married to you, so it's not like we gotta work this out. Yeah. So, <laughs> as we can see, so even someone who's had a lot of success or has had a lot of or has a lot of people to work with can yeah. make this mistake. Yeah, there there was a great uh, quote on Salon.com last month, um, Laura Miller's article in her Battle of the Trolls piece. And to paraphrase it, it was just about, you know, the Internet isn't necessarily what causes this behavior that we're seeing now, Mm -hmm. but it shortens the period between impulse and execution. And I think she nailed it. You know, they're not taking that cool off time. They're not having to go talk to an agent or a publisher they have instant access to their readers in a way that they never had. And sometimes they abuse it. Authors abuse it, even if they don't necessarily mean to in the moment. I'm like no better than any of these people. I have a crazy temper. Yeah. And <laughs> if people were at my door, I, I would tell them this would happen. Like it would go down. <laughs> Cause there'd be nothing. But I had to learn a long time ago. I have a journal where I can write really mean things in it and no one will have yep. to see it. I have, people that I can call and say, listen, I'm just going to talk to you right quick about this person and don't repeat what I'm about to say because yeah. <laughs> it's not, what I'm going to say is not necessarily truth. It's feelings. Feelings aren't facts. They're just exactly. emotions. And so we can't let those emotions get the best of us. I'm talking about Chris McGrath, the one that um, in the UK who sued <laughs> a reviewer mm-hmm. for libel. That is totally something I would want to do. Once you had a moment to settle down and be quiet and think about what's saying and kind of sort through your feelings, you realize that this is ridiculous <laughs> and this is time consuming and this is all sorts of things that you don't want to be associated with. Now, that name always is what I'm associating with. And it came out that he was like making Amazon um, accounts and creating false reviews and and using pup like you know using fake the sock uh, puppet accounts yeah <laughs> yeah using sock puppet accounts yeah. to argue with other reviewers and you know what we we would have, we would have never known any of that had you just calmed down and not tried to make a lawsuit over an Amazon review exactly yeah that you know I I understand you know I was reading I wasn't as familiar with his story I was reading that his kids names were exposed or something. Yes, so um, the, and yeah, the reviewer that, did do some crazy that, stuff. Yeah, that was that was a real dick move. It really was. But that happened 
after. Either and way, then, you're both yeah. wrong on that there. But Absolutely. The reactions, you know, the way that things like this keep escalating is what's really scary. Yeah. It is, yeah. You know, one of these days, an author is going to go after the wrong reviewer. Kathleen Hale is lucky that she didn't show up at that door, that that reviewer wasn't home with a shotgun. Absolutely. You know, it's It's crazy, and, not just behavior on your part toward them but for your own safety why would right. you do that <laughs> yeah, so, so especially if you think a review is wrong or miss or hostile or whatever that's mm. even or crazy that's even more reason to not engage with that person exactly exactly what was going to be resolved by showing nothing. up there absolutely nothing so yeah you know, and you know like you i i can be a bit hot-tempered and <laughs> So I, I get the impulse. I really, really do. Yeah. You know, back when I was blogging in the PR community, I built my reputation by being a complete hard ass and for <laughs> calling people out for complete and utter bullshit because that industry is full of it. There is a right way and there is a wrong way to go about something like that. And if you don't have the presence of mind to stay calm and cool, when you go on the attack, don't do it. I mean, I made some great friends by doing that because I did it in a way where I would attack what they were doing or what was said or just whatever the situation was rather than attacking the person. And when you're talking about companies, I remember PR Web. I went after them really hard for something that they did. And their marketing guy came to me to talk about it. And, you know, he was so calm and collected, and he took the feedback, no matter how harsh it was. And I remember within two weeks, the problem was fixed. And again, it's because they were coming from a professional background, so they understood this isn't necessarily about me. It's about this idea or what I did or what I said. And okay, so let's talk about it. And I don't see that. Authors just are in a completely different mindset like they can't seem to think of themselves as the business owners they are i mean it seems like it seems like you're your book it really does seem like you and your book are the same thing but it's it's not true and anytime you start to think that you need to run far away from it because it's yeah absolutely not true the other thing that we should that people should really keep in mind is that if some of you is really out of line and it's personally attacking, it uses information that is personal or that is not supposed to be on the site, you can contact Amazon. You can contact Goodreads and tell them that this review violates their terms of service. You are far more likely to get that removed than by contacting the reviewer and saying whatever to them. They're big companies, (laughs) and they're treating their stuff like a business. And come in that calmly. Be cool about that. Don't mm-hmm. go, you know, contacting Amazon and screaming at them. <laughs> yeah, I could just yeah. see people threatening lawsuits if you don't remove this review. It's like, right. Oh, no. They, they don't want to hear that. They're, no one wants to help you when you act like a shrew. When you yeah. come at them with, like, this is, these are the facts. This is the thing. This needs to happen. Blah, blah, blah. They are mm-hmm. far more likely to, to help you. Yeah. I always write, if there's some kind of a cease and desist or something, I send it out. It's very formal language. It's very mm-hmm. to the point, facts only. I link them or quote their exact language in their terms of service. I point them to exactly where the problem is, and I tell them exactly what I want to happen. This needs mm-hmm. to be removed. And as long as you're calm and firm, 
it usually works. I mean, I hate complaining. I'm anyone that knows me knows I hate complaining in customer service situations, but mm. I also dislike someone treating me as if they are doing me a favor by doing business with me. That mm. is a no no. So I'm just I'm very calm about things. I speak to the person um, I need to speak to, and I mean, just recently, uh, a cable company took out four times my payment that I oh paid. And their stance was that I must have called and paid four times in a row because <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> and, they, and you know what? I called the um, the franchising uh, board of Austin, Texas, who gives a cable company their license to, to work in this area. If they lose their license, they can no longer service this area. And I called them at Saturday and at 8 a.m. and Monday at 8 a.m., Cable company was on the phone with me. How can we help you? Sorry, when I talked to you, you called me an idiot. <laughs> but it got handled because I spoke to the correct person. I brought, I let them know exactly what was going on and what I expected to happen. And yeah. no problems. Yeah, and that's it's another issue is you can't treat your readers just like you can't treat your customers. You can't treat your readers like they're idiots. And yeah. there was a review I was just reading on Amazon for an ebook the other day, and the person was complaining that they were kind of surprised by the content not being what they expected. And the response was, well, I guess you must have missed and quoted something. And I was like, well, that it just came across really rude. Just the way they did it. It was like they could have, first of all, you could have just ignored it. Because when you get to something like a review that's just factually incorrect, chances are pretty good other readers are going to eventually correct that in the comments. Yes, that you don't I need to all the you don't time. need to touch that, <laughs> um, yeah. and without you prompting them to. But mm -hmm. if you must respond, if you just cannot control yourself and have to respond, you know, the money you say, okay, I thought that that was clear in the description. If it wasn't, how can I make that clearer? And think, you know, is there something I can do to make sure that people know what they're getting so that you don't get more negative reviews for exactly. the same thing? Maybe you weren't as clear as you thought you were. We're often not as clear as we think we are. We know what we mean when we write a description. You know, it doesn't mean it comes across no. the way we intended. But they're not idiots. And I think, and I think that, the, that this all comes from the fact that people place too much importance on negative reviews. Yeah. They think a negative review will keep everyone from buying their book, but that's mm -hmm. not the case. What will keep people from buying the book and what will stick in people's craw is a negative experience. Yeah. And once I've had a negative experience with you, I'm like the cable company. I'm going to tell every person I ever met in my life about the story. <laughs> That's just exactly. what's going to happen. Exactly. And so if I had gotten into a fight with an author or something happened, every time we're talking about books, I'm going to mention that. And that's going to yeah. become your reputation. Whereas if I just didn't like something, that's something people easily brush off especially if yeah. you have people that do enjoy what you do. Even if you're yeah. upset, if a reader's upset in the moment that, oh, you know, I really hated this book, well, they're going to get over it. They're going to pick up another book. They're going to move on. And it, yeah. they're not going to think of your book when they're having conversations with most exactly. people. But, yeah, it's – They're not going to tweet about how much they hated it, yeah. but they will tweet about how much they hate you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the review isn't personal, but if you start responding, then the response is going to get personal because then it's going to be in reaction to what you do. Oh, my gosh, it's crazy. So, yeah, you know, one bad review is not going to end your career, but one stupid move by you can. So, you know, let's let's think of some tips here, you know, how – we would suggest authors maybe approach negative reviews in a better way. 
Um, you know, this is so important to me coming from a PR background. You know, reputation is such a big deal. And so I hate to see people make silly mistakes that end up hurting them. You know, I understand the impulse. I understand feeling angry, but it doesn't mean you attack people. So, well, you know, that's tip number one. <laughs> Stop. Well, first of all, if you can't, if you, if you can't handle reviews, you shouldn't be reading them. <laughs> Just stay sure. away from them. Yeah. Yeah, tell your family, tell your friends, don't freaking tell me if somebody <laughs> I don't want to read the reviews. I don't want you to respond to reviews. I don't wanna don't don't send me clippings of them. I don't I don't want exactly. that. So the other thing we talked about is you you wanna be if you read something that makes you angry, you it's not the time to respond. So exactly. calm down, talk to yeah. someone else about it, write a little journal write in your journal how much you hate. If you, nine, six, six. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and, and like you said, if you, or if you have to write something, send it to yourself. Send it to somebody else, but yeah. don't send it to that person. Don't post it online. Oh, my God. Don't think that you can ever take anything back offline. You Once can't. it's there, it is there forever. Once Google caches you, you're done. Because <laughs> Once people see that it is deleted, that's Absolutely. immediately where they're going to go. They're going to take it. They're going to put it on their blog. <laughs> And then and it's, it's going to be everywhere. It's going to be everywhere. And it's not, and the reader, readers are a huge pool of people. So it's yeah. not always the readers that really get to you. It's your community, your writing community. Yeah. So then it becomes, you're a difficult person to work with. You're yeah. Because did you see that this happened? So you might miss opportunities because people can't work with you because you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that becomes that, yeah. that becomes what people say about you. Oh, yeah. well, yeah, you know, princess, yeah, I know her. She's crazy. And that's what, <laughs> and then <laughs> I know you're crazy and, and I still love you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But crazy in a good way, but not crazy. Like people should avoid me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's important with so many indie authors thinking, you know, they're going to start out by self publishing and move into traditional deals. Well, if you're one of those authors, you better be extra careful about your reputation because everything Absolutely. that you do on your own, a future publisher is going to be able to go back and see. So and the industry is so small. You think it's big, yeah. but it's small. So, you know, another thing I would suggest is that people have a communication plan or a PR plan in place mm -hmm. before your book ever gets released, and then you stick to it. In other words, have pretend you're working with an employer and that employer is going to have really strict policies about what you are allowed to say about the company, probably online, on social media, wherever. And we'll do that. And so, you know, How would a boss be willing to let you speak on behalf of a company? Well, then that's, you know, set a similar policy for yourself. And no matter how you might feel, stick to it. Keep it on the wall next to your desk where you can just look at it, refresh your memory and say, okay, all right, yeah, that's right. I have to stick to this rule. All right. I can't call somebody and I'm not on Twitter today or, you know, whatever. Yeah. But just have rules, make rules, stick to them. Because if you're going into it with no rules in your head, you're going to cross a line, but you're not going to realize where that line is because you haven't set it. All right. So. And when in doubt, do nothing. <laughs> exactly. If you have even a shadow of a doubt, if you're like, I don't know, then that means you shouldn't be doing anything. Exactly. <laughs> so leave it alone. Exactly. And even if you're going to keep your mouth shut, don't try to incite mob mentality and get your readers to do it for you. There, that yeah, is but don't the talk about worst, thing, worst thing that you can do is to try to make other readers suddenly have to fight your battles for you. Because you know, eventually they're going to get sick of it or you're going to end up losing some of them. Because you know what? For all the ones who do speak up for you, 
you've probably pissed off Ken. Yeah think it was completely inappropriate for you to do that you know and don't think you're being sly by saying oh look here's a link to a negative review comments yeah. welcome because <laughs> we're not idiots you know the whole subtle inviting comments on a negative review or, or she is like don't do it because you know people know yeah. exactly what you're doing and we you know what a, you're doing <laughs> that's such a, a terrible use of your brand it's almost like using your audience using mm-hmm. them and as your own yeah. ego pumper. So again, I wouldn't want to be used that way. And I would, yeah. and I would think twice about that type of thing. Exactly. And you think about it, you're potentially hurting your readers' reputations because a lot of them are going to put their real names on those comments. And now yeah. all of a sudden, not only are they fighting your battles for you, but yeah. now they have no way to escape. Their comments aren't going to get deleted. You yeah. know, you put them in a position to act out of emotion. It's just, it's so wrong on so many levels. The review section of a website is not a space for the author. That's not where not you go to express yourself. You express yourself in the book on your blog. You let your readers express themselves there, and sometimes you're not going to like their expression. Get over it. Yeah, there was a comment on, I can't remember which one of these situations I was reading up on. Somebody had an excellent point. There's a, a review, a book review, is not an invitation for an author to have a conversation. And you need to remember that, that they're not inviting your input. Now, look, you do have the freedom technically to speak your mind if you want to, but then other people have the freedom to pile onto you and people have the freedom not to buy your books because you come across like a complete ass. Or they have the right to tell you to shove off. I I just think that it's one of those, I mean, there are a lot of rules. I'm using quotes, you can't see me. There are a lot of rules out here about for writers and some of them are ridiculous and some of them are great and some of them can be broken in the right circumstances but this is one of those things that you kind of just have to drill into yourself that you're not going to go there and let it go because you're always going to be better off or not yeah you know what does it say about an author to the readers who did like their books if they're suddenly seeing them everywhere responding to negative feedback it's like it's just chill. Give us more of what we want. You know, who cares about that? <laughs> Focus on us. We love you, you know, and, <laughs> and do that. What's so, the, what do they say? Like every time you find someone who doesn't like what you've done, that's great. Cause now you just cross one more off your list. Cause you're looking for you people who love what you do. So now mm-hmm. I know not that guy. Okay. <laughs> on to the next one. All right. So boil it down to, let's, let's say, you know, one or two good tips for authors. What would you boil this whole negative review issue down to? Don't be crazy. <laughs> Number one, don't be You're crazy. You're no fun. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, always remember that anything you act on emotionally is not okay. So come, take the emotion out of it. And number three, when in doubt, just don't do anything. Yeah, so do nothing approach. I, I agree. Those are very good rules to keep in mind. And, you know, I would add, remember that just because you're taking something personally, it doesn't mean it was personal. And yep. until you're at the point where you can let that sink in and believe it, you're not in a position to respond yet. If uh-huh. at all. So that would be my suggestion. Or if you can't handle feedback, like if you just truly can't handle any kind of feedback, just go <laughs> do something else for a while. No or... one, no one said you had to publish everything you wrote. So if you feel exactly. like you can't handle it, Put it in the drawer, put it on the thumb drive, exactly. and just let it be. 
or if you really can't separate yourself from your books, consider writing your next one under a pen name. Yeah. So you don't feel so attached with your personal identity connected to the book. Yeah. And I think that would, you know, if you can think of yourself as a completely separate, you know, entity from the author of the book in certain ways, maybe that'll help you. You know, not everybody needs to do that. But if you find yourself feeling personally connected, then you know, that's an option. And, you know, like I said before, one bad review is not going to end your career, but one stupid move from you can. Yep. Never forget that. Yep. And that is all we have for you today. I'd like to thank Princess Jones for joining me as my very first guest co-host and guinea pig here at the All Indie Writers Podcast. And again, you can find out more about Princess at princessjones.com. You can find the show notes for this episode at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash three. And if you have a question that you'd like me to answer in a future episode, Feel free to email your questions to Jen, that's J-E-N-N, at allindiewriters.com. You can also use the contact form at allindiewriters.com slash podcast, or you can leave me a voicemail at 484-575-1345. I should mention that our next episode on December 4th will also be a special episode That will be a reader question special featuring the blogging-related reader questions that came in for the ebook giveaway related to episode number two. Until then. You've been listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with Jen Mattern, a freelance theater production. Theater. It's all writers need for life's little episodes.